Hello, welcome back. Today the stories we will listen to come from the subreddit r slash nuclear revenge. The name of the first post is supervisor takes credit for my work, I cause entire production to shut down. I started working in a machine shop after I finished school with a two-year degree in machining. Learned all kinds of programming techniques that could make most machines that were less than 30 years old perform moves, and output measurements of parts currently in the machine to automatically perform quality control. This greatly increases quality of parts as well as reduce waste and human error. I also learned many tricks along the way to make sure that my work could not be stolen. It's my first day on the machine shop floor, and I immediately notice inefficiencies in all the machines in my station. We had to manually perform quality control, sacrificing production time, while also leaving tons of room for human error due to the poor quality of measuring instruments in the shop. I'm new and eager to prove I'm worth more than the original pay they offered. I told my supervisor to let me spend an hour to add a line of code to a machine to demonstrate my skills I learned in school that would immediately cut scrap waste down by a large portion, without slowing production rates on the line. My immediate supervisor humored me, thinking I was BSING him to try and brown nose the engineers and lead programmers so I could get brownie points or something. Quick backstory to note, I had zero experience in a production plant, and said supervisor had 30 years experience in the field. He had a very proud attitude, and genuinely worked very hard to learn what he knew. He was decent to work with, but when I asked questions about some of the basics on this machine, like how to get to the program so I could edit it, he would block my view of what he was doing, and get to the end result quickly without explaining the process. Being new and wanting to learn, I'd always ask to have him show me what he did. He always refused, and claimed it was his way of securing his job. Anyway I program the function into the machine in about 2 hours, 40 minutes, and when it comes time to demonstrate the process, it catches a part that is out of tolerances according to the blueprint. I also program the machine to output different messages, providing instructions to whoever the operator was on ways to resolve the issue if the part couldn't be salvaged, or to automatically adjust offsets of the tool that machined the feature that was found to be out of tolerances, and rerun said operation, and recheck said feature to ensure quality. All of these functions were performed automatically, without any input from an operator. This is a pretty magnificent feature to have in production, and my supervisor knew that. The supervisor who observed the demo immediately went to report this to higher-ups, who came to view the new feature I had implemented. As the next part was being produced, the quality check move initiated and found that the second part was also bad, and output a message to change tools X, Y and Z. The managers were incredibly surprised that this was all done on a 18-year-old machine, and they looked to my supervisor to ask how he figured it out. Long story short, he took the credit, and was given a raise on the spot. It didn't register to me that that's what happened, until I went to ask if he was going to credit me for my work. He said, yeah, but you gotta put in the time to get to where I'm at. It don't matter that you did the job, cause without me, you never would have known how to do your fancy programming in the first place. The managers had left for the day, so I couldn't fight my case right then. The next day, I was planning on informing the managers that I was the one who did the programming to do that. The managers were also former machine shop veterans with 20 plus years in the workplace and refused to believe me, not only that, they basically yelled at me for trying to steal credit from someone who has worked their way up in the company and learned everything on their own and not from some school. I went to my station even more pissed now, where I was met by my supervisor. 
He told me that I needed to go around to all the machines that could perform that function and add it to the code, I said, not without a raise. My code saves you guys tons and brings the bottom line to a level that McDonald's qualified workers could produce infinite numbers of parts with minimal loss. He said if I didn't do it, I would be fired. So I faked my compliance and started to change code on all the machines. If you know anything about programming, you know you can make something function a certain way until a certain value is met, and then have it completely change afterwards. This was my job security. So I set the quality checkup on 18 machines the first day, then the last 30 that weekend, and the managers were praising the supervisor uncontrollably for his innovation. Well, the programs were all set to operate as normal, and do quality checks like I programmed the original machine. However I programmed the rest of the machines to keep track of a new variable. They would run and self-check just fine, until they reached a random number of parts produced 50,500 depending on the production time of the parts run on each machine, where it would then throw up an error code, that would only be cleared with a password I had set for it. If a wrong password was provided or someone just hit the enter reset button, the machine would take its largest tool in the turret, and run it rapidly into the solid chuck at maximum RPMS. I made it so about 6,575 hours of production would go smoothly before my job security would kick in. It took three days for the machines to hit their magic values, but when they did boy oh boy was it magically satisfying. The first machine to crash was making parts for the drivelines of a major motor company. The crash was caused while a new operator was running the machine, who I might add was only hired because the program I made let them hire clueless people into the shop and be able to still produce good parts. When he tried to clear my password code, the lathe started turning at 2500 RPMS with a large heavy drive shaft base in the holder, switched to a huge drill, and ran the drill into the holder, causing the tool holder to be knocked off axis, the part holder and tools to be destroyed, as well as cost the company tons to get someone from the machine's maintenance team out to repair it. After the first glorious crash, I menacingly mentioned to the supervisor, you should check your codes to make sure they're working properly. He went ghost white. Not a second after, three more machines simultaneously crash in glorious fashion. He starts to chew me out, saying I'm in huge trouble, but as he starts cursing, the managers are there to have him go diagnose the problems with his codes. The supervisor, not wanting to admit he stole my work, doubles down, and says confidently, I know what the problem is, and walks off to the crashed machines. Not a minute after they turn a corner, more machines start crashing. I just sit idly by and listen to the glorious sounds of my nuclear revenge playing out. A few minutes later, all the workers are told to stop production completely. We are all kept in the shop until they can figure out the problems. This is a 24-hour production facility with three shifts of workers coming in seven days a week mind you. Our shift is nearly over and we've all been idle for about seven hours, the next shift comes in and we leave for the day. I hear nothing from the shop, so I just go in the next day as normal. Turns out they tried to fire machines back up during the night shift and 18 more machines crashed like the others. The plant did a formal layoff of most the workers the next week, as they were hemorrhaging money from all the damaged machines on top of labor paid without any production. We filed a class action suit against the company for unemployment, lost vacation time, dangerous work conditions due to the severity of the crashes, etc. The company went bankrupt from the lawsuits and losses in production machine repairs. The guy who took my credit was obviously fired, and had an article in the paper about him sabotaging the company's production. 
He obviously told them I was responsible for the crashes, but the company found out that the code to my password program was his name. They believed he did this out of spite cause he was refused to raise the previous year and his threats to them after his last evaluation. Sucks to suck lol, edit, to all in the comments worried about the innocent workers, they were given two months severance pay on top of being able to collect unemployment for 16 weeks. The severance pay outlined by the lawsuit took into account all the benefits the employees had before getting laid off. I do feel guilty that there was collateral damage. However, most the employees ended up with the equivalent of about six months paid vacation. So there is a happy ending smiley face. I honestly didn't think the company would continue to try and run these machines when all the ones that my supervisor took claim to programming were crashing. That was their fault greed trying to make money instead of fixing the problems before continuing production emo. Edit 2, it was 18 machines the first day, and 15 a day the following two days. The next story we will hear is titled Repost, Teacher Bullies My Dad, Bullies My Bro, Gets Nuked, XXL Story, TLDR at the End, The Town WHE. Re this happened as a small one, and the school that I went to is a 70-year-old school. My granddad and my dad are also alumni of this school. Let me just start off by saying this that the alumni of this school are really successful, and the school has had a long history of being very charitable and also offer amazing retirement benefits to teachers depending on how long they've worked here. My great-granddad donated some of his property to the school when it was being constructed, and he was an advisor and a part of the school board in his time. The school was an all-boys school up to 1996, when they had their first co-ed class, and is a full co-ed now. The school also has all classes, from kindergarten to high school, split in two buildings, the first one houses kindergarten to fifth grade, and the other has the classrooms for sixth grade to twelfth grade. Part 1, Teacher vs. Dad The incident said teacher, we're gonna call her MD, was my dad's math teacher when he started high school. She was a young woman just finishing her teaching degree, and was a master's in math and chemistry. At that point, she was the most qualified teacher the school had. Unfortunately, MD was also a nasty person. She walked into the class and the students were expected to be sitting in ready mode back straight, legs together, and hands on the laps, with only the needed textbook and a pencil to take notes on the margins. The class was expected to greet her with a good morning afternoon when she walked in, and she assigned tons of weekend homework. She would simply stop teaching for the entire hour-long class if one person spoke without having asked to speak. You couldn't drink water without her permission, couldn't go to the restroom unless she finally saw your raised hand and asked you to speak. There were multiple cases of people complaining against that, but with her being the most qualified teacher there, the school board didn't take action. Instead, they supported her by saying that this would help discipline the students, but this is not even the beginning of it. Her exams were incredibly hard, and with the classes being full of teenage boys, they would talk and even one of them doing so would cause her to stop teaching, and not teach until the next class. She would then lecture on a different topic, completely skipping that part of chemistry. Suffice to say, before the finals, the entire class was in a panic state, trying to self-study enough to at least pass the class, my dad ended up getting 41%. Our education system said you failed the class if you had under 40%, so he was relieved that he passed. But when he went through his answer sheet, my dad noticed that his totaling was incorrect, and that he in fact had a 49 on that test. He raised his hand, and after about five minutes or so of him just sitting in his seat, calmly, with his hand raised, he was called on and MD asked what the problem was. Dad told her that there was a totaling mistake in the final, and that he actually had a 49. 
This somehow offended her. Instead of calling him forth and checking his paper, MD decided that it was simply impossible for her, a master's in math, to make a mistake in something as simple as addition. She waved him off, and my dad was shocked. But she just calmly turned to the next person with a question. My dad, on the other hand was not happy. He walked up from his seat, which was basically considered a crime in her class, and put the paper on MD's desk, and started totaling his points loudly. MD incredulously watched him do that, and was at a loss for words. Though when he was done totaling, you could see her face was flushed and she was furious. She looked furiously from the paper to my dad, and then back to the paper, and the suddenly, a cruel smile appeared on her face, MD, oh okay, I see the mistake. But that is no excuse for this behavior. This awards a subtraction of 10 points from your final, the class that was amazed at the first sentence went back to having grim looks. And my dad stood there, jaw dropped, that he now had 39 points, and had failed this class, instead of responding and making this situation worse, he simply took his final, packed his backpack and left the classroom, he went and spoke to his granddad, who was on the school board. But he said he couldn't do anything since grades were completely in the hands of the teacher concerned. My dad took his loss, and decided that revenge was not worth the trouble, and switched classes. He dropped chem and took up econ, and that was the last interaction he ever had with this teacher. Part 2, teacher versus my brother and I am my younger brother, B, is two years younger to me, and so, when I was in freshman year, starting high school, my younger brother was in seventh grade. We had an auditorium under co. instruction, and the library was newly renovated, so a teacher was assigned to chaperone the younger class students at the library. My younger brother's class, unfortunately had MD as their chaperone. My dad had specifically instructed me to be very careful around MD, and I was on the lookout, but my younger brother had no idea just who he was dealing with. Before summer, our library allows students to take any two books of their choice, for the break. So, when my brother walked past MD to the librarian, and was stopped by MD, he was really confused. He had an Enid Blyton book and a copy of Backyard Science Experiments. Both my younger brother and I are really good at science-related topics, and he had been waiting for summer break to do some cool science experiments at home with me. MD, wait a minute, what book do you have there? B, B, a story book and a backyard science book ma'am, MD, what are you going to do with that backyard science book? Turning to the other library staff, I taught his father. No brains in there. You would have no idea what to do with this book. Leave it for someone who does. And with that, she snatched the book from his hands, and walked away, the library staff giving awkward laughs behind her. When he came looking for me, crying, I was furious. I was a really popular guy at school. I won quizzes and debates, and represented the school in national competitions. My friends and I literally had an entire showcase of trophies at school, with our names embossed on it, and most teachers loved us. Man, the vice principal of the school and our group were on first name basis. He chaperoned us on all the competitions we represented the school in, but when he told me what had happened, I was dumbfounded. I had no idea how to react, but for the moment, I went to the library and got another copy of the backyard science book to console my brother. But then, we were out for summer vacation, and I didn't think too much of it. Side note, in the summer, we attended a science summit, and my school friends and I won prizes for having the most efficient hydraulic gear-based pulley system, and the second fastest chemical fuel race boat. This was before I ever took a high school chemistry or physics course. 
this was announced in the school assembly the first day after summer break, when we came back for fall, I had a chem class with MD, the first day of school. This was also right after the assembly, where my group was given the award. So we go to the chem lab, and MD is on the lab instructor's desk setting up an experiment designed to liberate hydrochloric acid fumes in a gas flask. Some moments pass by, and we could see that some mistake had been done, and there was no reaction in the mixture turns out the zinc granules were impure and rusted. But MD somehow got the idea that turning on the Bunsen burner on full blast would help the experiment. After collecting the gas for about 3 minutes, which is 2.5 minutes too long, since hydrochloric acid fumes are toxic if inhaled, she is satisfied. She then pulls up the flask to show the class how we do experiments. Cherry on the icing, is when she opens the flask and brings it uncomfortably close to the girl beside me. MD, does it smell pungent? The girl awkwardly smells it and jerks away. To someone who has no clue, that would be a plausible confirmation, but I knew that it was complete horse SHT. I could see that the girl knew about pungent fumes and cringed away on reflex, and not because it was actually pungent. I don't know why I did it, but at that moment, I snorted. Loudly, MD instantly zooms in on me. Walking toward me with her face contorting into an ugly expression, she goes, something funny you'd care to share with us, I knew I messed up. But I was also angry. This person in front of me had bullied my younger brother, and my dad. I remembered that, and suddenly, all my verbal sensors were shut down. Me, you and I both know that she didn't smell anything pungent. That experiment you just did was a failure, MD, oh. You think you know more than me? Turning to class, he knows more than me. You know what, he'll step down. Why don't you teach the class professor Nicholas Fiend, me, oh absolutely. To the absolute shock of everyone watching, I walk up to the podium, and while maintaining eye contact with MD, first thing to remember class. Turn to experiment 1 of your lab textbook. Read the warnings. The gas is pungent, and poisa, MD, how dare you? Has no one taught you manners? This is no roadside shack, and you would do well to remember that. Else you're gonna have a couple broken bones. This was in a different language, but if you want the exact translations, it was, ill break your limbs and feed them to you, she is absolutely furious. Grabs me by the hand and proceeds. To drag me to the principal's office. On the way there, we cross the vice principal's office, and he sees MD dragging me away, and runs out, VP, what is going on here? Before I can say anything, MD starts ranting to him about how disrespectful and unacceptable my class behavior is, and is heaving by the end of her spiel. The VP gives me a searching look, and then responds with A, go back to class 1500, ill deal with him, we head back to his office, and he offers me a seat, and a glass of water, VP, what actually happened in class, Nicholas Fiend. He asks with a sigh, I tell him exactly what happened. Once he hears my side of the story, he looks at me incredulously asks me if I really went to the podium and started lecturing the class, I look up, and see the gobsmacked look on the VP's normally reserved face. Imagine someone who looks like a male Minerva McGonagall being completely shocked, I couldn't stop myself. It started with a snigger, which turned into full-blown laughter. I laughed till my stomach hurt and my eyes teared up. To my surprise, VP was also smiling widely at that, he shook his head, and that reserved expression was back. VP, I know that what happened there had you concerned for class safety but that is no reason for such disruptive behavior. Aside from that, I am personally going to investigate what happened in that class, and if MD is found to be intentionally forcing students to inhale harmful chemicals, she will be sacked immediately. 
Oh and you're supposed to hand over a written apology to MD about this behavior. Now get moving, I sighed, and headed back to class. And I really thought that I had ended MD's career, oh how wrong I was. She changed the story so it looked like she had purposely done the experiment wrong and was about to reprimand that girl for inhaling what could have been a harmful chemical. MD pulled one on me and had me look like I was just an insolent child who thought that he knew everything be reading a chapter of the book. And here, I stopped myself. This event was me just going in head on with the teacher who had been in the school for longer than 35 years. Part 3, Pro Revenge Mode Now I knew that to help my brother, I needed to get rid of her. My dad knew about what happened in school, and he wanted me to not engage MD. He said it was not worth it. But by now I was in the game. She had played her card. It was my turn now. I don't know what made it so that she had such a problem with my dad and my younger brother. They were quiet and hard-working students. I felt she had something against our family, and I was convinced that my younger brother would have to deal with the problem if I somehow messed up and got expelled or made a worse enemy out of MD. This was war, and I had a new plan. I started to act really sheepish around her, and made it a point to stay back after class, and ask her questions in the most polite way possible. I was the kid who was guilty of not understanding the plans of elders. I portrayed myself as an amazing student who MD had succeeded in humbling. I slowly, but surely made my way into the category best described by the term bootlicker. It hurt me inside to do it, but what I had planned, if this went well made me light-headed with anticipation. I was in it to win it. I conceded defeat in a fight to win the war. Two years later, I am in junior year. My younger brother just started high school, and he was taking the chem class with MD. I was the highest scorer in chem, and was a pet to MD. She had started to like the Nicholas fiend I had portrayed, and made me the lab assistant for that year. Two of my best friends knew what I had planned. Everyone else in class hated me for being the teacher's pet and getting straight as when the next highest grade was a B everything was going according to plan. On the first day of class, I replaced her stool, one of the three-legged ones, with a broken stool. This was supposed to be the first in a series of pranks that would hit her that day. She came to class and went to take her seat, and boy she fell. Well, she somehow hit her hand on the wall and cried out. Yup that must have hurt. But she was definitely overweight. And it couldn't be traced back to me. I smiled on the inside, as I rushed to her and helped her back up. I ran and fetched her another chair, while inside, the freshmen were trying their best not to laugh. When I got back from the room that had extra stools, I walked into the sight of her screaming like a banshee. But what got me furious was that she was screaming at my younger brother, apparently, she had said something like, stupid stools and stupid lab assistant fools. To which my brother had responded with, it's not my brother's fault you're too heavy for the stool. Though I loved him for it, he really needed to la. Arnware to come to my aid. But then, I didn't do much, and just replaced the chair silently, while silently trying to communicate to my brother to calm down. Nothing else of concern happened that day, till the time when school was over, and the teachers were heading back. Stage 2 was in motion. We heard a loud bang, and immediately, the large crowd of students nearby all headed towards the teacher's car parking lot. We saw MD's car smoking and her exhaust blown right off. Keep in mind it was an older car, and we had decided to block off the exhaust with clay, that had hardened over the course of six hours on a sunny day. Well, that car had to be towed, and she went home with some other students that day, she didn't show up to school for two days after that, but she did show up to school on the third day, which was a half school day, because our country celebrates Teacher's Day. 
It is tradition that students go to their teachers, current and old, and wish them the best, give them cards, gifts, etc. This was by far the most ambitious prank pulled in the school that I know of. The two days she was absent, we went around telling people to not visit her on Children's Day. It helped a lot that my friends and I were some of the most popular people in school, and with the other cool guys and girls agreeing to that, we spread the word and got confirmation that no one from the entire class in my year was going to go to her to wish her on Teacher's Day, but the what actually happened was something no one could have expected. I guess it could have been because we acted so fanatical about it, that our classmates spread the word to all their friends and no one, not a single person in high school, went to her on Teacher's Day. It was the most amazing feeling of accomplishment I have ever had. She had made this situation for herself. By being the nastiest person I've ever seen, it was no surprise that people were fine with doing this to her. For the first time in 70 years, in our school, a teacher had not had a single well-wisher on Teacher's Day. Well things are never perfect, and as it so happened, word of what had conspired got to her. The next day, I had just set up the lab. The freshmen were getting settled in, and here comes MD, anger radiating from her in waves. She walks up to me, and I get the hardest slap I have ever gotten in my life, right across my face, I'd hate to admit it, but that left a blue mark on my cheek, and my nose and lip bleeding. My younger brother, who saw that happening ran towards me, but my shock slowly subsided and I smiled a bloody smile that probably scared him. I told him to go get the vice principal. 20 minutes later, I was in the school emergency room, with a nurse wiping my lip and me holding a cloth to my nose. The vice principal comes in with the principal and two cops in tow, and they inform me that my parents have been informed, and ask me if I would like to talk about it now or when my parents are here. I say that I can answer their questions as soon as my lip is bandaged. So I tell them about the cases of bullying against my brother and I, and also tell them that she is a really incompetent teacher. I tell the principal that he could check the school average in science subjects. And sure as I guessed, in the average scores in the national exams, we had physics and biology come in at 92 and 90, with chemistry at a surprising 79. Topping that off with assault charges, and she lost her license to teach, two years before she retired, and with that, lost amazing retirement benefits that the school offered. Her car also had no insurance. Huh, that is not all though. One could ask what would be worse. Well, consider this. The fall she had off the stool, had her go to the hospital for an x-ray of her wrist and hip, that she suspected might have broken. Well, the wrist sure had a hairline fracture. The hip was fine. But well, the x-ray showed another thing, I don't think it is normal for anyone to laugh when someone is diagnosed with stage 3 cancer. But I did. Also, I later met with her only living family member. Her nephew, who had long cut all contact with her, but had been contacted by the police and the hospital. He had flown back from the US for this. That's where I found out the truth. Well I could never have guessed what I found out there. MD's mom was my great granddad's niece. Through my great granddad's younger brother, who had stolen money from the family, and tried to kill my great granddad. Well, he was disowned. Good SHT. And no one knew this entire time. Well, not that anyone would care. Happy that the nasty woman is out of our lives. For good this time. Apparently she died last year, with no one by her side. TLDR, nasty teacher failed my dad for no reason. When my brother and I were in school. He got bullied by her. I made her regret it. Got her teaching license revoked, retirement benefits taken, destroyed her car, fractured her wrist, and she ended up getting diagnosed with cancer. 
turned out to be a family member from a line disowned long ago for attempted murder, and she died alone. Edit 1, thanks Anon for the silver, gold and platinum smiley face. Edit 2, I forgot to mention MD Ms. Dumbass. The next story we will hear is titled Serial the Therapist Gets the Smack Down He Deserves. TLTR Summary, when a dear friend fell victim to a serial de-therapist, I get him arrested for drug trafficking with unintended consequences more dire than I had planned, justice, when people ask, what's the worst thing you've ever done? My mind instantly loads the following story into memory, but I've never shared it. Until now, obligatory BACKGROUNDI grew up in the Pacific Northwest to an entertainment industry family. I spent a lot of my formative years on the road touring. It was a deceptively conservative life. When I was around 8 or 9 years old, I witnessed a jazz sax player from a band that my dad had booked shoot up and drop dead. This really drove home just say no high school straight s-h-o-o-t-e-r-i played music all through school and started working professionally at a young age. I was pretty much straight edge until college. I got around to reading some Hunter S. Thompson and decided that a bong hit wasn't going to kill me. A few years out of school, around 1991, I started a small indie dance label, and recording studio. This was back before every kid with a laptop could record in their bedroom. Anyhow, my company HQ became a favorite hangout for local rave promoters and club kids. I became pretty well connected in that scene. I started experimenting with more and more types of party drugs and subsequently found myself with friends who were either major dealers or dealer adjacent, untouchable in this clique there were three or four dudes who would be considered douchebags. You know the type, fake tan, steroids, bleached hair, nice cars etc. There was one dude in particular whom I always got a bad vibe from. As a young man in my 20s I liked sex as much as the next guy if not more, but even when I was out clubbing looking to get laid, I never pushed my agenda, never used coercion, guilt, etc. to manipulate a woman into bed. If I spent $300 on dinner, I never felt like they owed me something. The only expectation I had was, if you make the date, show up. Which is just good manners. Anyhow, back to the douchebag. Let's call him Tyler. This guy had a great sense of humor, the kind of good looks that make straight boys say D-A-A-A-A-A-M-N, money, and a politically connected family. During the time I owned my label I also played in jazz clubs in our city. One of the venues was this really cool martini bar. One of the bartenders was this super cute, bubbly, bright, and just downright fun girl. I met her in the rave scene, but got to know her through my jazz gig. She was super flirty but was super old-fashioned. I am not saying she was waiting for marriage, but close. She had grown up in a really small town and never really encountered bad people in her daily life, so she was quite trusting. This all changed when she was dataraped by Tyler. He played the long con with this lovely human being. She had very little experience with drugs and sex when she went out with him. He got her whacked out on MDMA, did some pretty messed up things to her, had a buddy take photos, and violate her too. She was never the same after that. PTSD, self-loathing, depression. It was as if he killed her, turned the other cheek my ass Tyler told her that she had blacked out and didn't remember being into it. And peppered her with the typical bullshit along the lines of, I don't have to rape anybody, I get all the girls I want. Along with, nobody will believe you, and even if they did, there's no way it'll get arrested. Etc. Personally, I was bullied a lot as a kid, and I can take a lot of shit and not blink an eye. But when somebody hurts somebody I care about, I tend to lean toward asymmetrical responses. 
Ironically Tyler was not a consumer of drugs nor excessive alcohol. This factors into things later. I spoke to two people about my plan. One was a major drug trafficker the other was a member of state law enforcement. The Cliff Notes version of the retribution was, I purchased about $3,500 worth of heroin in prepackaged ready for retail baggies, I also got about 10 sheets of really powerful blotter acid. Tyler was attending a birthday party at a restaurant where I knew the valet staff really well. Well, not that well, but I was always an over-the-top kind of tipper. They knew me, knew I knew Tyler etc. I told them I wanted to pull a prank on him and put something in his car. I slipped the guy a C-note, and told him it was harmless and wouldn't come back on him. So he agreed. I put the contraband under his passenger seat. Gave the keys back and took off, springing the trap Tyler was a creature of habit and always took the same route home. My friend the state trooper didn't know what I was up to. I simply told him this dude who hangs around my circle of friends was a becoming a major drug dealer and it putting my friends in danger. I told him the where and when and left him to his own devices. Around 1.20 am Tyler gets pulled over and my friend does a DUI check. Tyler went ballistic because he was stone cold sober. The trooper asks if he can search the car. Tyler agrees because he knows his car is clean. He gets arrested for possession intent to distribute, and the legally concealed pistol in his car didn't help either. He fought the LAWIF he hadn't been such a unfettered asshole, he would have gotten away with no jail time, but he was disrespectful to the judge and got 18 months in prison, not jail, prison. He really was a moron, instead of keeping his head down, shutting the hell up and doing his time, he acted like a horse's ass and ended up getting killed. I didn't mean for the revenge to go that far, but I don't feel remorse for how things played out one bit. I hope his rapist ass rots in hell. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reddit Guy. If you enjoyed it you can follow the podcast and never miss an episode of daily Reddit podcasts.